Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So, yeah. With me, your host, Freddy Loso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Bates. Interesting day in wrestling. We have uh, a couple of birthdays I wanted to mention. John, the late Johnny Valentine, um, Ole Anderson, and Anthony's personal favorite, Nick Gage. Um, a couple of deaths today. Also, Big Boss Man, Johnny Gonzalez, and Road Warrior Animal all died today at different times. And for Freddie himself, today in 2012, Jacob 2 debuted in the wrestling world. Yeah, we should. All right, and our other co-host, the Reverend himself, Jason Todd. That's right. Um, looked up a really interesting debut that happened today in history. Apparently, this was Bobby the Brain Heenan's WWF debut, which if you grew up like me always being a little bit skewed towards the bad guys and you were a big fan growing up and even if you weren't you enjoyed seeing them on your television so yeah all right and last but not least blackbeard himself the encyclopedia gentlemen scissor me daddy ass Sorry, I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you opened it up. AEW Grand Slam last night. We had the crowning of the new AEW Tag Team Champions. They claimed. We spoke about it two weeks ago. Um, they finally did it. Big pop. What you guys think of it? Don't all jump in at once. I'll, I'll jump in there. I mean, you know, it bears saying the acclaimed have arrived. It's, I mean, everybody, I think I was a little, maybe in a, a different camp thinking, you know, don't just make the match happen. Don't just make the rematch happen, make them earn it. But it didn't matter because they had a crowd ready for them to go. Um, and I felt like they all delivered. It's uh, it, it was fun to watch them to watch them win that match, the acclaimed. And, you know, I, I just recently saw their first promo on a dark episode and they've been there since almost day one. So it's, uh, you know, happy for them. A couple of things. Um, I would have liked to have seen them win clean. I really don't think they needed Billy Gunn to get involved, but, you know, there we are. Um, I was kind of surprised how quickly everyone is turned on Swerve and uh, Keith Lee. I mean, they were, I think they're booing Swerve more than Keith Lee, but still, I mean, they took the role of the heel in this situation and ran with it. And uh, the other thing I want to say is more of a general statement. I mean, uh, again, another week without Punk, another week without the Young Bucks, another week without Kenny Omega. I don't think they're, honestly, any of them are missed at all. The show seems to be humming along at a pretty breakneck pace. Um, 
you know, at one, at one point in time, we were complaining about the deep, the the depth of their roster, but it looks like in this case, it's benefiting them because you can name a whole bunch of people that were not on the show that could have been on the show. Um, right. And they seem to be humming along like w- without missing a beat. So I'm wondering in the end if that's going to work in the favor of the Young Bucks and Omega or not. Like, I'm wondering if Tony Khan's going to be like, you know what? I don't know if it's worth keep bringing them back. You know, they're, they're just seem to be running just fine without them so go ahead freddie from what i'm hearing there's a potential buyout on the table for punk it's not confirmed but it's uh going around the dirt sheets so you're saying they're they're gonna just let him they're gonna buy him out let him go just release him yeah that's what that's what i'm hearing but i don't know how true it is The one I so read it's like, was. What you what you yeah, think of the the one I read was Wade Keller speculating just because Punk wasn't named during the Ring of Honor title match when they were talking about the former champions that that was a sign. Which I don't know. I think they're reading into that too much. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Uh, I want to know who these investigators are that are investigating this whole thing because what are we going on three weeks now? You know, it's like yeah. Yeah, I mean, how long does this actually take, right? I mean, right, right. I mean, some of the other people are already back. I mean, uh, Dan, Christopher Daniels, and the, all those guys are already back. They're already working. So it's really the Punk, the Young Bucks, and Omega are still, right, still not back to work, so to speak. So and Ace Steel, although I don't think he's coming Ace, back. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Ace Steel's gonna. <laughs> I didn't bring him up because I don't think he matters. Yeah, I think but yeah, you're gone. right. I, yeah, I heard I think he's the first one out the door. I heard actually he's in line for a new job. He's going to be the new McGruff, the crime dog, take a bite out of crime. I thought he was going to be a greeter at Walmart, but you know, either way, <laughs> um, you know, I think his time at AEW is over. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, know, during that whole thing, when it all first popped off, I don't know if you guys heard Booker T's recap of everything, but. All he said, once the whole description of events was over, was he laughed for about a minute and said, who the hell is Ace Steel? And that's what I remember <laughs> thinking, too. He still sounds like a gay point. porn star, if you want my honest opinion. But... Right, for real. <laughs> but, you know. but back, to, back to what's good in AEW. Like, you know, they did have a good Grand Slam, I thought, at least for night one. I haven't looked at the spoilers for night two. But what did you guys think of the uh, other title matches that went on? I, I didn't even talk about the tag match. I didn't get my my, my, my piece. Oh, my in. goodness. Yeah. Listen, you should have been like, listen, listen. No, it's fine. Yo, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I can't rap. I, I'm not good enough. Um, no, I that tag title match, it was a great moment for the acclaimed. I I think I know why people are blue and swerve. He fucked up a few times in those ma- in that match last night. I I don't I still don't understand why people like him. Or although he's getting booed out of the building, so that's fine. But no, it was a great moment for the acclaimed. Um, for the whole show, yeah, it was a very good show. I feel like they lost the crowd during that All Atlantic title match and uh, the women's title match. I didn't feel like I, I I think actually they were just on such a high after that acclaimed title win. It took the rest of the night to get that crowd back. Um, yeah. I'm curious why they don't run a pay-per-view in that stadium instead, because it just, 
aesthetically, it looks like a bigger stadium than it really is. It looks like it holds a lot of people. I mean, it it doesn't. It, it holds a pretty good amount. I think it's over 20,000, which is, for AEW, that's pretty good because they usually go for the smaller arenas. Um, I, I think that would be a great location for a pay-per-view, the way the crowd reacts in that place and the way the sound carries. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, I'm a little curious about uh, Soraya and her debut. Is this? Is she been cleared? I mean, we don't know that piece yet. Um, there is a theory out there that she only went to AEW and let her WWE contract lapse because WWE would never let her get back in the ring. I don't know how true that is. Maybe they wanted her to wait longer, or I don't know. Uh, I, I, my only, I thought she looked great. I thought she looked really good. She looked like the best that we've seen her in years, at least in my opinion. As far as her getting back in the ring, I, my only concern is fearing for her safety. But you know what? If Ric Flair can do it, that seems to be the catchphrase, right? If Flair can do it, you know, should we set this guy on fire and throw him in the ring? Eh, Flair can do it. You know, Flair can still get in the ring. Um, I agree. I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for the exploding barbed wire death match with Ric Flair. But um, I agree with you, uh, Encyclopedia. I think the the ladies' match was really good, but I think the crowd was kind of tired. Like I think that they needed to have a um, a cool down kind of match, and there really wasn't room for one. And I think that's on Tony Khan. I don't think he knows how to book a paper, a show. Right, everybody knows you got to have you have your you 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 bring him up and you let him down. You bring him up and you let him down. And he's uh, he's always up up up, and you can't keep a crowd that high all night long. They'll just burn out, and after a while, like that's why his pay per views to me are too damn long. He doesn't realize you can't you shouldn't have everybody on the card. It should be a tight six or seven matches, not a bloated twelve you know hour fiasco or fiasco that. You're exhausted from, but you know, by eighth match, you want to go home. And you don't want to see anymore, and you know, and they're wondering why they're the fans aren't getting all excited. Um, right. But I, I thought the women's match was really entertaining. I really liked it. I was impressed with some of the moves. I I was curious about why Jericho needed to go over Claudio, but I heard a rumor that they're on the verge of a TV deal, and the TV deal was consistent that they have a name as the Ring of Honor champion. And Claudio didn't fit the bill, so they put the belt on Jericho. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I kind of, in a weird way, understand that. At the same time, the Ring of Honor is supposed to be more like the, the wrestlers than the sports entertainers. So I think it kind of goes against what their the message originally was, but who knows. And I, I thought the, the, uh, the, the uh, Danielson match was good. I unfortunately, whoever won that match is just going to end up losing MJF at some point anyway. So I guess they figured they'd go with Moxley. Um, I don't know, and I know who I, I know the results for um, the Rampage show. I watched, I saw it, so I know, you know what's coming up. So I don't know. It's a little, little murky again. The, the world title picture is a little murky again. Yeah. I enjoyed the show. I didn't understand the Jericho aspect. I was going to mention that as well. I agree with you, Rob. If if that's the case where they need a name, 
could it have been Brian? Brian Danielson? I feel like that would have been a better name to win that title as opposed to Jericho. But you know, I'm wondering if Tony Danielson Khan doesn't want money doesn't want to be champion. Awesome. I'm wondering if Danielson is kind of picking his spots and like he's willing to put people over and do things like that without I don't think he wants the burden of holding a belt because he's been on in line yeah. for uh, several belts and he doesn't win any of them. So I'm wondering if that's my design or not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Right. No, and I thought the acclaim match was good. And like you guys mentioned, it was all rise, not, you know, even flows of a, a normal wrestling card. But that is Tony Khan. That's his MO. Let's just have you on your feet for seven hours and not give you time for a break. But what what can you what can you do with that aspect? I didn't read the spoilers for the next show, so I don't know what's going on there, but I thought night one of it not not too bad. I I'll third what you both both said about Jericho. I thought that was odd booking, but uh, and it's interesting Rob brought that point up. Jericho recently on his podcast claimed that him and Jim Ross brought legitimacy to AEW that got them the deal with TNT and then TBS in the process. Uh, so somebody's ego is still in check. Thanks, Chris. I don't know. I I, I think it, it is an odd choice. I just, even if they were going to get a TV deal, that do you really need Jericho to be the champion? Can he just appear on that show? You know, otherwise, why don't you just, let's be honest, it's just another AEW show. You know? Couldn't have said it better myself, Encyclopedia. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was disappointed also when the Moxley win, uh, the theory that maybe Danielson doesn't want to be champion and run the company. I don't totally disagree with that. I, I think it's more likely, well, first off, they've been setting up Moxley to be that challenger. Uh, maybe it's a kind of a, or not the challenger, the champion defending against MJF because MJF and Moxley have had interactions the last few weeks. It might also be some sort of thank you to Moxley for giving up on a six-week vacation to step in here. Um, I would dare say that Danielson might be the one that would beat MJF for that title several months down the road. Oh. Well, TBD. Uh, Jason, anything to add? Yeah, um, I was thinking about Brian Danielson too, and you know, I was I had wanted him to win that match because I mean, he's a guy you when you see him wrestle, you want to see him win. Um, but I don't think he wants that responsibility at this point. And in all his interviews, he's talked about this being his last run, and in being able to enjoy it. So I don't. I think he knows that in order to really enjoy it, he just needs to be that guy having those matches with the people he wants to wrestle on, on TV and at pay-per-views. And I think that's fine for him. And yeah, Moxley, I mean, he, he's shown, he doesn't care. He'll, he'll run with it. He, he just doesn't care. He'll do whatever they ask. Um, I wanted to talk about that women's match for a second though, because it was enjoyable, but it did not start off enjoyable for me, but they really picked it up. It felt like, 
um, as it went on. And I, I was honestly surprised and I was trying to figure out who was playing the role of general in, during that match because it felt a little out of control. Um, but you know, it, it's, it, it seems like they have some good stuff. We didn't even talk about the debut at the end of that match. Or we did talk about that, sorry. I was a little just bit. Yeah, very little bit. There, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, I'll be surprised if anybody lets her wrestle right now. But then again, who knows? I was surprised that anybody let I think, her wrestle. I think Anthony's right. I think she's back to wrestle. Yeah, I, I think so too. I agree. And, and I'm going to be shocked to see her do anything in the ring. I think there are some people I would not let her in the ring with, though. Have the like roster. One... One being, and even though I like her, I just don't think it's a good idea as Athena. Uh, one, even though I I'm, I like her, I don't think uh, Ty, oh, is she Ty Mello now? Ty Mello, uh, I wouldn't let her in the ring with her. Um, I Jade Cargill? Jade, because she's still too new. That's the only, that's my only concern about Jade. And I think she... That's probably who she'd want to be in the ring with, you know. But, oh, oh, I see a look on, oh, no. I guess Aaron Judge didn't hit that home run, huh? Center field Uh, on the warning track. I I think Freddie's feed's ahead of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, we're multitasking here tonight. We are watching uh, history history being made. That's right. I heard Judge watch. Yeah. That's right. I, I just heard Stevie G, who's there live screaming, No! He fucking caught it, damn it! But, you know, <laughs> something you said um, at the beginning of your guys' recaps, and just that idea that, hey, we haven't seen Punk or the Bucks for weeks or, or Omega, who I do kind of feel gets a bad rap in this thing, but that's a different story. But I guess it's that truth that no, that thing they always say, nobody's bigger than the business because, hey, look, things are going on and, and, and people are stepping up and it's good to see. So on that, and this is not something we had planned to talk about, but this is something that's been on my mind. Is Tony Khan making a mistake not addressing it? especially the fact that he keeps getting asked about it and he keeps brushing it aside and pretending like it didn't happen. Is that the right approach? Because I, I think him ignoring it and then trying to throw shade at WWE left and right, is kind of, it's kind of a weak sauce, you know? I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think you address it once, you put all the cards on the table, say what you got to say, and then let it be. You can't brush it under the rug, then throw shit at WWE when your stuff is burning up. But what are you addressing exactly? We know that there's an investigation underway. Wouldn't you want him to wait till after the investigation is complete and give a full story, then just come out and say, hey, you know, uh, we're we're looking into it? At least acknowledge there's an investigation going on. I know know we're in the minority as far as uh, supposedly most of the broad wrestling audience. I, I know of a few people that turned on Dynamite, 
right after All Out, and they had no idea why the titles were being stripped. They had no idea what had gone on backstage. So while we we go to these websites, the wrestling rumors sites, the dirt sheets and all that, and we see this information, if you're just somebody that just watches it on TV, you have no idea what the hell is going on. I would at least acknowledge there's an investigation going on, and when there's more to report, I'll report it. Um, and something you guys brought up a little bit earlier, I think this is also proven, and I'm curious to see how the ratings go. Um, it's good timing that Dynamite Grand Slam a few weeks after this. If their ratings keep staying steady or have slightly gone up, do you really need to be spending that money on the Punk, the Bucks, or Omega? I don't think – I think Grand Slam proved last night. They don't need them. Yeah. I think the only one that may come out of this is Kenny Omega because I think he has less to do with it than anybody else. I think he might get punished asked to stay on uh, in a diminished role, but I could definitely see Punk in the Bucks. Punk definitely, I think, is done. I think he's finished. I think they're going to buy him out or release him or whatever. I think the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are kind of on the fence, but if I had a, if I was a betting man, I would say Kenny Omega will be the one that will be the last man standing. And my question is for, like, Punk, like, what what's next? You've burned your bridge with WWE. You've burned your bridge with AEW. Where do you go? Is he done? Is wrestling over for him now? I mean, is that it? Because I don't, I don't see him going anywhere else. Like, who else would want him at this point? I the only place I could see him in is New Japan. I can't see any American company being interested. I can't see him viewing any American company as being big enough. I think New Japan's his only option, if anything. I can't see him going that far. I just don't see him having that level of interest if this is the end of his run. Um, because why? Although I will say this, I don't know if you guys heard this uh, Kevin Nash clip talking about Punk. <laughs> I because, did see that. Uh, Punk is, what, 42? Uh, 42? Uh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he said, I think he said, I was 55 when Punk was putting, uh, cutting promos, talking about my knees, and oh, thought you, LOL, thought you were dead. And then I looked it up, found out he's only 42, <laughs> and talking about he's hurt, and he didn't wrestle for almost 10 years. So, <laughs> what's like, I don't know. It, it's a really sucky way for for it to end. Karma's a bitch. Is it karma? I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, he brought that on himself. Yeah. Dude, Karma's I mean, a bitch. He's bringing us all on himself. He came back to AEW with a hero's welcome, and he has slowly lit that bridge on fire. But that, that's yeah. what I mean. Is it karma? Now, I, I've, I've heard things about him, and it's not like the first time he's had audible issues with people in the company he was in um, and stuff like that. But is it karma? I mean, it, it just sounds like it's just the result of his actions. It's not like he did something to somebody. He wronged somebody a long time ago, and now it's come back to bite him. He just lost his temper on the worst possible platform. No, no, it's not it, It's not that he lost his temper. No, he, I think he's an when asshole. He gets, when, he gets, when he has a problem... He can't. He doesn't know how to deal with it correctly. He can't. He can't. He like to me. Like this one seems like 
he came in thinking he was some kind of like uh, the locker room should respect me and love me. And, and some of the guys were like, eh, you haven't been around in a while. And he got pissed off. And instead of handling it like an adult, he handled it like a petulant child. He's a he's a, a he's a destroyer. He destroys everything. Look at his look at his relationship with Cole Cabana. I mean, there are you've there are a little a list of people who have problems with him. And he does, and it's after a while, it's not them. It's you. You know what I mean? Like you could have a problem. Like Freddie and I could have a problem. Whatever. But Freddie, Anthony, and Jason and I have a problem. It's not them. It's me. After a while, it's you. It's the way you deal with things. You, you just don't know how to ha- deal with people. And it seems like everywhere Punk goes, he's given the the you know the world, and he still can't. He's still not happy. He's still complaining about something. So I mean, it's all him. It's his problem. It's his personality. It's it's all him. And he's not going to change. So if you're bringing him on, you have to know that and you have to work around it. And in the world of wrestling, that doesn't work. You know, you're either, we will have to roll the same way and he's definitely not. What's that classic phrase? If one person says you're an asshole and more people keep saying it, you're probably an asshole. Is that the phrase? <laughs> I don't know if that's the phrase. That one. <laughs> I never line. heard that one. Freddie, so, I, I think you're an asshole. Somewhere around there. <laughs> Something like find, that. If there's enough people saying here, it, it's got to be true. It's very... I think it, he's just... He's a dick. I don't think that was ever in question, though, was it? Like, I, I feel like the difference between finding fault and recognizing the type of person we're dealing with that those are they're, they're not mutually exclusive here he's definitely an asshole i think he's known that and admitted that about himself it's not that that's news people knew it on his way out of wwf we and people knew about it on his way into AEW. i don't think anyone ever thought he had done like some ebenezer scrooge transformation on christmas day i think People knew what he was when they signed him, but it's not like he, it's just one person coming in and stirring the pot. There were clear issues going on. If anything, he's like COVID. There are issues about that, some, that this thing came about and exposed. Hey, we have some problems in how we're handling our talent backstage. Maybe everybody's not as happy as we thought they were. Maybe not everybody's not getting along as well as we thought they were. Maybe there were some elements under the surface that we needed to address. Oh, and here comes this guy who doesn't know how to shut up. And, and how was this is. like COVID? Yeah, I'm waiting for the COVID well, connection, Jason. <laughs> tell me, tell me that in 2020, a bunch of stuff didn't come to the surface that might not have normally happened had people not been stuck in their homes. Tell me 2020 was a normal year. It, like, it that's wasn't. What I, mean. still, I still don't no, see the that's connection. that's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> As an element, it's not that, it's not a really big, big I, I think what you mean okay. is, uh, you, he's wait, an wait. element that came in and mm-hmm. exposed. Do you mean that CM Punk exposed some, some issues, like COVID exposed some issues in the system? Yes, precisely. And these are things that people had talked about 
previously after leaving AEW. And maybe we had just said, oh, we, the bigger we, had just said, eh, I don't know. Doesn't seem like a big issue. And it turned out if you get the right people involved and the right elements involved, it becomes a huge issue. And now they've removed those elements seemingly. And at least, mm. at least product wise, we're seeing something. What do you got, Encyclopedia? I know you've been waiting to say something. Go. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I, I lost my train of thought a few times after the, this whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's like COVID. Yeah, well, I guess this, what, what, what was Punk's old nickname? The Second City Savior? Now he's the AEW Savior, apparently. I, Second City Saint, some stuff. Or Saint, yeah, whatever. Um, although Jason's saying that, yeah, he, I think it did bring to light some issues with AEW or he threw gasoline on the, uh, on the fire that was you know, already out there. I, I, but at the same time, and this is coming from being a huge punk fan for a long time. When punk dropped his pipe bomb and that whole thing, what was he complaining about? He was complaining about part-timers. He was complaining about people telling him how to do his job and how to wrestle and all this other crap. And they were, and uh, what have you. And he knew better and blah, blah, blah. And now we've come full circle. Well, guess what? He's a part-timer. You know, he went, he, 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 uh, he was complaining about Rock doing movies and coming back to Russell. Well, guess what? Even though nobody watched Punk's movies, Punk did some movies and came back to Russell. Uh, and then Punk's complaining about them not taking his advice. Well, guess what? He didn't take other people's advice 10 years ago. Well, very hypocritical. Punk the, the, is the guy that gets hired at your job who claims he can fix everything and, intent, and instead makes it worse. Right, breaks it off. That's if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And he walked into AEW knowing what the issues were, right? Seeing that there was some dysfunction in the, and instead of trying to fix it, he just decided to call it out, which made things a hundred times worse. Do you guys feel that was premeditated on his part, or that he just? No, yeah, I think that. I don't think he cares. I don't think Punk cares at all. I think he's he's like he's going to get his money and he's going to leave, and he doesn't care. I don't think it bothered him at all. He did it. I mean, you didn't see that was from the, you could tell that press conference was going off the rails in the first five minutes. And Tony Khan was too much of a, a pussy to fix it, to stop him. And he just kept going. He figured out, yeah, I got the mic. I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to let it roll. I'm just going to say whatever's on my mind right now. And, what, and whatever happens, happens. Which is kind of ironic that Tony Khan and Punk, you know, they both whined cry bitch and moan about everything when things don't go their way and everyone's out to get them and what ha blah 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 well guess what two peas in a pod well tony khan's the one that's supposed to be fixing it which is the, the stupid part you know and now who knows i mean uh the inmates can't run the asylum i think that's what he should have learned you need to get there needs to be separation between active wrestlers should never be part of the booking process it never works out because they book themselves to win. They uh, they pick their favorites, and it's happened over and over and over again. Anybody will tell you that. You know, wrestling history is littered with people getting pushes who didn't deserve it, people pushing themselves who didn't deserve it, and it never works out. And for some reason, it just keep it, the circle just never. No one ever breaks the circle. You know, I mean, for all as great as Dusty Rhodes was. He constantly booked himself at the top, even while he was wrestling. When Ric Flair was at the top, 
He booked himself on the top. When Kevin Nash was booking, he booked himself at the top. He booked himself to be Goldberg. I mean, come on. It never works out, and yet they never, ever fix it. And I don't know why. I mean, the moral of this story is it's like... Hire me. I can fix it. Just like Wait, in what? 2020, one Punk man says, I can, I alone can fix this. Look, $500,000 a year, I'll take, I'll do it. Ooh. That's my bottom offer. I'm not going any lower. Damn, yesterday's price is truly not today's price, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. All right. So let's hey, Jason, if you're nice to me, I'll hire you as, as my booking team. Nice. There we go. Wait, wait, before, so let's before, jump into WWE. Hold on, but he's not the we devil's advocate some, uh, anymore. He's not the devil's advocate anymore, right? You know why? This is only funny if this runs in the next few seconds. <laughs> Show Rob the money. <laughs> Show Rob the money. Everybody's got a price. Give the man the, the devil's advocate. Okay. Moving on. So, WWE... Um, we had the announcement of Roman versus Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Uh, does anybody see Logan Paul winning this? <laughs> no, With any luck, his plane will go down on his way over. Right. Just leave him there. Who thought this was a good idea? A prince. Hey, you know what? Can no. I call out Roman Reigns? I want to fight him next. Right. Getting good not? with one of the Saudi royalty, and they'll want you to—they'll want you in the main event of the next crown. Why tour. not? And I'm sure it won't be a squash. I'm sure Logan Paul will give Roman all he can handle, which will be even more embarrassing to me. <laughs> the only thing, and I'm—I hate this match. But WrestleMania one, we had Mr. T get in the ring and actually hold his own against guys like Roddy Roddy Piper. And Mr. Wonderful Pardondorf. Unfortunately, it draws for the casual audience. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I agree with you, Rob. It makes Roman look weak. But this has been going on since Vince McMahon started his ownership of the WWF. Touche. Touche. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the WrestleMania uh, A&E special. That's exactly why I think the idea and, popped in um, my head. I love the fact that up till the, that match, Roddy Piper, you know, they weren't really sure where Piper was going to go. Uh, you know, uh, he was really considering shooting, you know, and just going right at Mr. T and really hurting him. And I would have understood that. And there was probably men in that dressing room that wanted Mr. T to get seriously hurt. Because back right. in the day, you didn't disrespect the sport. Right, you didn't show up in a wrestling ring unless you were a wrestler, and if you did, you were getting hurt. Um, I don't understand this at all. Even this is even ridiculous to me, even for the Saudis. I don't understand the appeal. If this was a like a paying pay per view, I don't know who would buy this. I mean, people hate Logan Paul, and Roman Reigns is supposed to be the heel, and I guarantee he's going to get all the cheers during this match. It's in Saudi. Are you sure about that? Mm. If it's not a two-minute squash, I don't understand the point. He has a big following. 
his pay-per-view buys do do pretty well with his boxing matches. So I, I can see it. I see that aspect of it. It's money in WWE's eyes. It doesn't make sense to the storyline because who the hell is Logan Paul in the title picture? Nowhere and nobody. So, but I, I get the I get the money aspect of it. Doesn't make it right. Right. No, I agree. Jason? I'll take this over some idiotic title change happening at that show that then affects the rest of the product. Like, I'll, I'll, I can do, no, like, like the Goldberg (laughs) stuff. No, like the Goldberg stuff. It wasn't it one of those shows that Goldberg beat the fiend or something for the title and just squashed him. I can't remember. Are you trying to say that Logan Paul beating Roman Reigns would not be as bad or wouldn't is actually better than Goldberg? No, I think, I I I was, mm, I think it's that him giving a show of it isn't it. I'd rather that happen in a show that doesn't matter than having something that matters happen in that show. Ultimately, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns doesn't matter. The most anybody will remember about it is, oh, that guy pulled off a really cool move. Or it's a shame he got stranded in Saudi Arabia and the WWE plane left without him. Oh, no. <laughs> that like, would be funny. That's, but ultimately, that's all we'd remember of it. Nobody's of these shows. How much can you actually recall from any of them? Except the oh, one I can remember where, quite a lot of the The what? There were Titus World Slide. <laughs> what about yeah, the horrible? I was gonna say. Fair yeah. Enough. What about the DX versus uh, the Brothers of Destruction debacle? I remember that. Fair, fair, fair. What about Goldberg almost killing the Undertaker? Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead man, almost truly dead man. I got a lot of memories from how bad these Saudi shows are. I don't think it's going to get that bad with those two. Because ultimately, a lot of those were folks who shouldn't have been in the ring, period. You know, Roman Reigns like knows Logan what Paul. he's doing. Yeah, Roman knows what he's doing. Listen, the Tribal Chief will look out for the guy, make sure he doesn't get hurt too bad. And then I mean, if he if he has to have like the Usos it. interfere and stuff, I mean, like I'm gonna be like Roman should just hand the both belts back. Well, you know who won't be interfering? Uh-huh. Sami Zayn. Yeah, he won't go. Right. That's true. <laughs> the honorary Uso. So the, yeah, it'll be down in honorary Uso. So he'll be taken out before they even leave for the show, so then they could set up. Kevin Owens series. doesn't go either, right? Uh, he's been at a few, but not all. Like the other one was Danielson, right? He was always out. Yeah, Danielson. Yeah. The, I think Danielson and Owens, and it might have even been Zane. I don't remember. I'd have to look. I thought the Owens and Danielson were at least at that Greatest Royal Rumble. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't remember. I okay. think so, because that's when... All right, so yeah, there was one thing. Didn't like so, Danielson set a record for time in the Rumble because of that? Yeah, so... I mean, there's been, I think there's, of all these Saudi shows, there might be one or two that got rated well, and then the rest of them are like, eh. And I still remember, I took a half day off of work to watch that Greatest Royal Rumble when it was over. I was like, I should have worked. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> we, we mentioned the bloodline. We did see that Solo Sokoa 
had to relinquish the North American title after winning it the week before, which didn't make sense. I don't, I don't get the whole storyline behind that. Um, but then we also have, we also have some news about NXT, the two year rule, which we can get into after everybody's thoughts on the whole Solo Sokoa winning the North American title and dropping it right away. I, f- I sense a rant coming from the encyclopedia and I saw his face as soon as you mentioned him dropping that belt. I, I just don't understand. I mean, Rob's talking about a lot of stuff that he doesn't get. I don't get this. W- w- really, what was the point? And did it really hurt to have Sokoa wrestling on both shows? I mean... I get what Shawn Michaels right. is saying, and it's kind of ironic that Shawn Michaels, of all people, is talking about the rules, although I think when Austin lost the Royal Rumble to Vince McMahon, all of a sudden Commissioner Michaels came out there and brought up the WWE rule book. so it's kind of ironic that Michaels, of all people. But really, how many times have guys challenged for belts just by coming out and saying, I- I'm stepping up now, and it was okay. All of a sudden, this time it wasn't, because there was a fan vote. Really? Right. Yeah, I don't know. The, the the removal of NXT 2.0 did not remove the fact that NXT is still questionable on a weekly basis. Right. It's true. Rob, would you watch any of that? Rob don't have time for that. I um I honestly um didn't real didn't really realize that he'd lost the belt. I don't really watch NXT. <laughs> So um, this is a wrestling I, podcast. I, yeah, I but I am clear in that I don't watch NXT. I've said it every week. So, but um, what was the rationale behind that? It was that he he can't be on both shows. No, the rationale was that he wasn't part of the fan vote, so he wasn't in, in contention to get a title shot. There was a vote yeah, to decide. There was a vote. You were supposed to vote between. It was Wesley, Von Wagner, and I forget who the third was. Um, honestly, who gives a shit? And Wesley won, and then they had Carmelo Hayes actually with Trick Williams jump Wesley backstage and slam his head into a locker room door. So he got taken out. And and so- Solo got the shot and won the belt, and they're saying he shouldn't have gotten the shot. Right. Solo basically came yeah. out and said, I told you I was next, and bell rang what vince basically. mcmahon bullshit is this right well it's his last it, his last gasp it's it, his last gasp yeah it's kind of interesting that Shawn michaels is supposedly in charge of nxt creative because there's triple so h is, there's triple h creative and then there's Shawn michaels creative is which he one would on you rather have smackdown now is he officially done with nxt Sean wished him luck in on SmackDown or Raw or wherever his WWE career will take him. The look on your face, Rob. <laughs> no, wow. You know, I had a, a very high hopes when Triple H took over. And I'm not happy with some of the things that are happening. Um, that's one of them. Uh, the Dominic Mysterio is a debacle. I mean, they should, I don't, when they boot him out of the building, he's horrible. I mean, he shouldn't be speaking. That part I agree with. 
He can't pull it off. He's not pulling this off at all. He's, he's like, got to learn sometime. He's got to learn sometime. He should have been in NXT. We, yes, right, I get that, NXT. but that's not happening. So, I mean, um, let Baby Bird fly from the nest and spread its wings. It, fantasy book this for a second because I thought that segment would have gone perfectly if every time he tried to speak, he got booed the hell out of, which he did. And then when he finally got a chance, that's when the music hit. So you'd never hear him say a word. He should never speak, period. He doesn't he need got to. He's dad's my skills. And then the other thing yeah. I don't get is the whole, like, uh, with Judgment Day with Riddle. Like, Riddle and Seth Rollins, then it's Riddle and Judgment Day. And, like, it seems like it's all kind of getting convoluted. Like, is Rollins teaming up with the Judgment Day? Is he going after Riddle? Why is Riddle getting involved with, you know, why did Judgment Day go after Riddle? And then he said, no, now he's involved in that. Now they're bringing AJ Styles kind of around. Like, I don't understand what's going on. It seems like it's getting a little messy. I don't really follow the show all that well. I'm like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, why is this guy getting involved here? What's going like it? They need to start carving things out a little more clear. You are, say, you sing the praises of AEW and their booking and you're shitting on. No, this. I don't. I don't. I told you, I thought AEW, they're putting on good shows. I'm not sure about their booking. WWE is putting on good shows, but they're, like I said, I thought Triple H was going to kind of fix things, and it seems like there's still a little Vince McMahon's hands seem to still be in the pie a little bit. Vince McMahon wouldn't have had any attempt at continuity. I actually like the way they're like, for example, Judgment Day's walking along, and all of a sudden AJ Styles is standing there, and you see that that Finn Balor AJ Styles history just gets brought up just for a few seconds there. I I, I think it's pretty been pretty interesting the way they've done that, but maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know. I don't know if and, I like and it. But I feel like they're leading to, to they're trying to lead to Survivor Series, I think. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build a match with Judgment Day and somebody else. Maybe that's when you bring back Edge and you have Edge, Beth Phoenix, um, Riddle, Ray, and AJ Styles. And then you do Judgment Day and Rollins. Oh, in your like traditional and, match. And re- yeah. I guess yeah, I don't know. Maybe war games. that's one match, though. the The other thing is, and I think Rob and I'm I'm just gonna go here for a second. I think today's fan has gotten so used to getting a quick resolution, to everything, and wants everything now instead of weeks from now. I think it's gonna take time to get that slow storyline back into place. You know, everything was booked month to month, and a lot of this stuff is like, okay, we're planning for extreme rules, but we're also going to go a little bit further and start dropping hints for Crown Jewel and beyond that to Survivor Series. So I'm intrigued by it. All right, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm still watching. You know, I'm willing to give it some time. It's just uh, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping in the end there's a means to an end. It's just not you know, throwing things out there for no reason. Right. So. All right. So with NXT, we have the two year up or out rule. It's basically six month intervals at the two year. If you have not made it on NXT TV on a regular basis, this is not for you and it's not for us. 
So basically, either you work out or you're gone. Something like I that. I think it's a good um, idea. I think, yeah. I got yeah, it's basically when you get signed, you're going to get reviewed every six months. And if you've been in developmental at the PC for two years and you still haven't made it on NXT TV at that point, then then they're going to evaluate whether you should even be kept anymore. Um, the other interesting aside right. to that was they want to have a roster of 150 I th- in developmental, which that seems like a lot of people to be having and going through the cycle. Right. Um, they said during COVID they got down to 100, and I think they're at 130 now. Um, but I personally don't think this is a bad idea. I mean, especially if you're going to have 150 people signed to these deals. If, if I think two years is more than generous enough. If you can't figure it out then, then maybe you need to hone your craft in the indies or something for a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Well, considering they're hiring non-wrestlers, right? They're basically saying you, they're going to give you two years from the day you're hired to make some kind of impact. And I guess in that case, I guess it's okay. I mean, if you can't, you know, but I don't know. Most wrestlers that we've heard from say it takes a lot longer than that. It takes a lot longer to learn your craft. You know, you got to be in front of a crowd and you have to learn, you know, find your character. And, and some people it takes a long time. So I wonder who came up with two years and why is it two years? Why isn't it three years? Why isn't it a year and a half? I don't know, you know, and at that point, is it a failure of the person or is it a failure of the coaches and the booking? Like, who's well, who takes responsibility for the character and the training and all that kind of stuff? Well, don't forget, these these people are usually wrestling on NXT house shows untelevised, so that might be part of the key. We're going to put you mm-hmm. on house shows, but if you don't, don't actually at least make it NXT level up, then you're you're going to level down. I mean, if you go and look at NXT house show results, I, you never hear of probably half the people that wrestle on that show. So that might be the first test. How are, what kind of, are they able to get a reaction out of people cold? So how much longer does Gable Stevenson get before they get rid of him? I think they got a long leash for him just because of who he is. I don't know. That I seemed like a rush signing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I've well, heard that he's not making any the progress they're looking for. So I'm wondering if he get a longer leash because they announced him on TV. Well, as, the other thing, know, the big signing. Yeah, the other thing being, apparently he had retired from amateurs, and then what was it? As recently as a few months ago, the story came out that now he thinks he wants to go back and finish his senior year and go back to the amateur ranks for one more year. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I think he got a. Kind of give him that Kurt Angle treatment. You know, Kurt Angle, slightly different, but Kurt Angle turned down the initial contract they gave him or offered him. Then he came back a few years later and said, is the offer still on the table? And they're like, nope, you're starting from scratch. Got to do the same thing here. Yeah. Is NXT still considered de- developmental now? Or is it no longer developmental? Because yeah, it's developmental. developmental. Okay, so... Um, I mean, on the surface, that sounds like a good idea. You, you need to 
you need to maintain this roster somehow. You got to manage this roster somehow. And it's a lot of people we're looking at. But I mean, two years from when? Because we just came out of a period where people had a point they weren't even wrestling in front of crowds. For a long time, they weren't wrestling in front of crowds. So now they have to overcome that sort of setback. You know, it's only 2022. Well, it's I think this is just starting now, though. It, that's that's why I'm asking from what point is that two years starting? Because I, I know I, I was thinking about Bray Wyatt. And according to that, Bray Wyatt might not have been in the company because the Bray Wyatt character came about two years later. He was Husky Harris before that. And it wasn't getting over. And it wasn't yeah, but then he went up to the main roster. Yeah, he was on TV. So already. then that would nix that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So if you if you even get a chance, like almost like getting called up to the majors in baseball, if you even get a chance, okay, well now you got some of the benefit of be having been in the majors for a day. Is, is that what we're right. talking about? Because it just seems weird. I mean, as long as the. I guess my the reason why I'm thinking about it this way is because now you're recruiting people out of college and you're recruiting people who had never really been in the industry. It's not the same as when they were pulling people off the indies and stuff who had been in it for a while and sort of were start were understanding what it was about and you could have that sink or swim mentality with. It's it is going to take longer for some of them and. It just feels weird to invest that much money if you're not going to go all the way with them. Just to me, but I could be wrong. It could just be. It could actually be a great idea and could help the develop speed up the development of a bunch of people who otherwise might have just been kind of floundering or something. Maybe it'll help focus them. I don't know. As long as they get those opportunities to be in front of crowds and really hone their craft, I think you know it could work. It. I mean. These quotes literally just came out, you know. Right. So right. it's start it's starting fresh as to what causes the reset or what have you. I think that's all still TBD. So we, maybe we're overanalyzing this point. But that's what we do here. All right. So that's right. I think that's what the show's about. <laughs> that isn't is it? what we do. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of overanalyzing, the top ten PWI five hundred. Rob, would you like to break down the list for us? Sure. Of the top 10. Number one uh, is Roman Reigns. Number two is Okada. I'm not even trying that first name. Number three is CM Punk. Number four is Hangman Page. Number five, Bobby Lashley. Number six, Cody Rhodes. Number seven, Brian Danielson. Number eight, El Hijo del Vikingo. Number nine, Big E. Number 10, Jonathan Gresham. So what do we think? And I know you're all saying who the hell is number eight. So (laughs) for context, for context, can you just remind us when this grading period is from? Um, Great. Uh, give me a it's second. A, it's, it's right in the dock, dude. Oh, I didn't look in the dock. I'm looking in the magazine itself. <laughs> I try to make it easy. Uh, July 1st, 
2021 to June 30th of 2022. So it's middle of the year to middle of the year. This is going to surprise everybody. With the exception of the people I don't know anything about, I don't actually have a major problem with this list. I, I might have swapped a few people here and there, but as I started scrolling through the rest of it, past 10 through from 11 to I think I went down to 150, I was like, you know what? One thing I noticed is we got a lot of good talent out there. Um, so hats off to WWE and AEW and Impact and MLW and all these organizations that are getting all this great talent out there because I was some of the names I've seen all the way down to 150. I was like, yeah, but all the names that are above them, I, I mean, I maybe I would have ranked this person higher, but I don't disagree with it. As far as the top 10, I was thought about it. And I'm like, all of these guys had really good years. I don't have a problem with any of this. And this that really surprised me. So for me, I I feel like Punk and Moxley a little high. Well, Moxley is uh, what seven? He's uh, twelve. So you think he's ranked oh, too sorry. high? Not, not Moxley. Who you can stick with that if you feel I that way. Here. No, I was I was looking here. I, I know Moxley's. In my opinion, I feel like he's he's a little overrated. Um, but Punk, Punk for me, and Adam Page. I'm not a huge fan of his mic work. Um, I think his title reign was lackluster. I think that had to do with the booking and just the 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 way that he was a better he was a better chaser than an actual champion. So if you feel that way, who would you put in those two spots? You got to have something to counter with. Who had bigger years in your mind? In my mind, um, I would move Rollins up, even though Ro- he didn't win as much. Well, they, they but that's part of the criteria win loss. So keep that right, in mind. Rollins number. Um, 17, so 14, you would move think, him to the top 15. 10? Hey, Freddie, did you I, look I would at the move list? Him. I did look at the list. <laughs> I'm telling you, look. So you can see. I've got it here on my phone. Okay. Do we have a counting problem? Do you know how uh, 17 is? is uh... <laughs> I do, I do. 17 is higher just, than, than 10. Do you understand that? I'm just trying to find out whether he has the problem opinion. is. Freddie, he hasn't gotten know, you in a while. He's he's going all out. Freddie, the education system has failed it's more you. More of a, a preference. <laughs> it has. It's COVID. It's COVID. That's what it was. You know what? It's COVID. <laughs> Have the cracks been exposed, Freddie? Is that I'm what just, we're talking? I'm just saying. I'm just blaming it on COVID. That's a good one, Freddie. I give you that one. That's good. That's a good callback. It's just like COVID. Let me ask you. you, I think COVID should have been ranked number four, to be honest with you. I think vacant should have been ranked number four. No, interim. Interim should have been number four. Well, yes. But they ever form a stable. uh, COVID was undefeated. COVID was undefeated the whole time this thing was on. So they should have been number one. I'll give you COVID. The interim, don't forget, interim really made its debut and had its first big win in June. So according to the ranking system, that was only a few weeks. So we got to see the interim on the next. On the next. Next year. That's right. Yeah. Right. Next year's list. 
Freddie, let me ask you a question. Um, when you were thinking about where those two were ranked, is it because you don't particularly like their style or did you feel that they were having subpar outings and that kind of thing? Because it seems like with this list, the accomplishment itself, the accomplishments themselves seem to carry a lot more weight. So for instance, Paige defending successfully that many times or Punk winning in those day, you know, since his debut in those matches carried a lot more weight than just say, oh, yeah, I don't know if I like their booking necessarily. I, and I, I'm not really sure if that's the only measurement there. But for you, like how for are me, you Punk, Punk was, he had some good matches, but the way he carried himself, the way he, everybody gave him props, there was a lot of sloppiness in his matches. Okay, because all I was going to say so is that, don't forget this. The cutoff was June 30th, so this at that point, he'd only been injured a few weeks. So just, I'm just throwing that out. I think he means right. matches were not. No, that's right? fair. That's fair. Matches were sloppy. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, that, w- that would be, you know, I know it's win-loss and stuff like that, but I looked at it at, on that aspect. That's fair. Well, I would have swapped uh, Moxley for um, what do you call it? Uh, Hangman Page. I think uh, Moxley had more of an impact and had a better year. Um, and I think I would have swapped uh, Seth Rollins for Big E. Um, I think Big E, when he getting up to the title, had a really good run. But then when they gave him the title, they just did not do right by him. I think we've had that conversation before. Right. So I think I would have moved a couple of people around. But, I mean, it's not significant. It's, you know, you're moving moving in from a guy from the top 10 to the teens. So I don't think it's such a big yeah. deal. Um, I think they got Roman right. Um, mm-hmm. I think they got uh, Okada right. I mean, the one thing they, they definitely do in this magazine is they definitely account for international. Like, I think being putting Okada number two – and um, the guy at number eight uh, from Mexico, I mean, they, they really kind of keep keep that in focus, which I think is good. Because, um, you know, Mexico is the one wrestling I don't watch anything. I don't know anything about. I can talk about New Japan right. incessantly, but I can't talk about Mexico at all. I don't know if I would have put Punk at three. I might have shifted him down a little more. I don't know. I think... Um, I think Aunt Freddie's point to his matches not being high quality all the time. They got better as they went on, but his first couple of matches were a bit sloppy. And like the Wardlow match, he barely got through. You know, some would say he probably should have lost that one, but you know, it was angle wise, it made sense for him to win. But overall, I didn't have a problem with it. I think um, when you start getting into the higher numbers, the one problem I have is, you know, I'm not a fan of inner, inner, uh, you know, men and women wrestling each other, intergender wrestling. So there's a lot of women ranked in this, which just do- doesn't sit right with me. I don't really like that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's that. That's the one problem I probably have. As I was going through, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of women in this. Like, it's not one anymore. It's there's a bunch. Well, it is so, PWI 500. I mean, it's not right, but they have a separate P- list for the women, and the men aren't ranked in the women's list. 
So I don't know why the women would be ranked in the men's list. I think I just don't like intergender wrestling. It's just not my thing. So I, I wish don't, they were, were not mixing. Were they yeah, all I, don't, I don't see it that wrestlers? way. Huh? Were all those What's women that? were all those women listed intergender wrestlers? No, not necessarily. I think no, but they've had matches against men and have beaten men. But not yeah, but not every woman in that list was necessarily part of that intergender match world i i mean we had years ago there were some of the some of the wwe women wrestlers that never wrestled men were on the list the pwi 500 never said men or women it just says pwi 500 where then they have a pwi 100 women so if they need want to classify a separate men's list then i could see the argument but that's not what that's not what they're doing here at least that's the way i read it i don't know okay i i would then have more of an issue because in that case, I mean, you're going to tell me none, there's not a single women's wrestler who cracked the top, what, 30? 30 or 40? Okay, who would you put in there? Becky Lynch. This year? In the top 30? Yeah, I would have put you her wouldn't, in. You wouldn't put to Bianca Belair? I would consider Bianca Belair in there also if i'm gonna put becky lynch i thought she had one of the best runs of her career even better than um when she first came up with the man gimmick i i think i would hold that up there in the top 30 i mean i'm not saying exactly where i would rank but i'm saying none not a single one cracked the top 30. i'm trying to look through the list now and see if i can find where the first woman comes in and i thought i saw Jordy Lynn right earlier I thought Jordi Lynn Grace was in there, but I think she was somewhere near 100, if I remember correctly. Let me see if I can look real quick when you guys talk. No, than, we got nothing else to say. Yeah, Becky, Becky Lynch is better than fucking Sammy Guevara. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, I said it. All righty, then. He can make video. He can All make right, so a video. Tell us about, about your administration. Hmm? Who is it? Wait, he's at number twenty-eight. Yeah, and she was for, better than him. He's, he might be ranked a little high for my taste, actually, but I can understand seeing him there. But I guess he had a good year. Whatever. I'm not a big fan Trish, of Sammy Trish Adora is number fifty. That's the first I one. I think she's the first woman I've found. Hmm. Okay, and she's definitely doing some. Intergender. Well, no, it doesn't say that. It's it's more to Anthony's point. Um, unless these are, I mean, it's hard to say. It says uh, has successfully defended a title in the U.S. and U.K. against a steady stream of challengers, including Shug D and Darius Carter. I think those are guys. Darius Carter is. And so then she has wrestled men and beaten men. Okay. So. Okay, so in that case, PWI, do better. Champion. Uh, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, I guess we can't say our standards are the same standards that they're going by, and they have their thought process, I'm sure. But, you know, and I, I'm not trying to slight Trisha Dora here because I, now I see her in the top 50, and I want to see some of her matches to see what she's about. So, so here's a question for next year's PWI 500 because we saw it happen with Lawrence Taylor way back in 95 does rick flair make the top 500 next year for his one last match 
Oh my God. <laughs> Joylyn Grace is, 90, is, 90, is 97. She's the next woman. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know uh, about that, but. <laughs> but you, know, know. you had asked about the top 10, and that number eight guy I'd never heard of. And I went and they mentioned a specific match of his against uh, Flip Gordon. And I watched some clips of that on YouTube. And this guy is, I mean, I'm kind of glad to see him getting that kind of spotlight because he's pretty entertaining to watch. I mean, especially if, if you're in the Lucha. But, I mean, for what he could do, like he's the kind of guy I wouldn't be surprised to see on AEW one day. Seems yeah, I mean, with their relationship with AAA, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up at some point. All right, so Jason, what what do you think of the top ten? Overall, I'm pretty good on it. I was happy to see some people, you know, I wasn't familiar with. I think we talked about Gresham a few weeks back and how I was excited to see him coming onto AEW TV because I hadn't really seen him wrestle before. Um, that he's still in the top ten here says a good amount about him i think um to what you were saying about cm punk and the reason why i was asking you all that is because yeah i can understand i i feel like three is a bit high i still might have had him in my top 10 but i just felt like three was a bit high and i was really happy to see Big E make that crack that top 10 i thought despite some of the booking of his, which was no fault of his own. I thought he had really raised his game up. So I was happy to see him there. I, I don't have any issues with this list. Um, and a lot of them are arguably interchangeable with that next 10, you know, with some of the people in that next 10. And I could see some of the arguments to be made, but I'm happy with it. Encyclopedia, what'd you think? I I went first. Did you? Yeah, I yes. said I, I said I didn't. Re- I said this is the first year I didn't really have a problem with this. Oh, that's COVID right. brain. That's right. Yep, COVID brain. It's that's the COVID. Right. Are we wrapping up? Is that it? <laughs> I think so. Let's wrap it up. On that note. <laughs> so with that being said. Freddie's going to start. We welcome up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Just want to say for listening, the Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, the Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace.